It's, it's good to have you here today in the house of God. Uh, who, wants to, who, who wants to learn from God's word today? Who, who would like to get a new revelation of God? And, and, and like I say, those revelations of God will indeed set you free. Some people read the Bible and be convicted. The conviction of the Holy Spirit should lead you to freedom. The, the Holy Spirit is always leading us to a place of freedom. So the word of God, when it leads you to truth, it may at first think, ah, oh, I've got to change this in my life. But there is freedom in the word of God. So remember, when we read God's word, even though it may not always sound like it's, it's always there to uplift and encourage us and set us free. And I, I found this little picture of a girl. I just love this picture. I just love it. The kids, last week we talked about language. We talked about a language of God that we, when we get into it, and John 14 speaks about it. Uh, he said, this, Philip came to Jesus and said, just show us the Father, then we'll believe. Just show us the Father. And Jesus was, he was so set back. He said, no, wait a second. You have known me all this time, and you still don't know me? So here he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. I speak not in my own initiative, but the Father who abides in me does his works. Isn't it awesome that God wants to do works in us? And he wants to make us speak right. He wants us to do things right. And, and he helps us. And what's amazing about that, all we have to do is allow him. A lot of times we just don't allow him to do those things in us. But Jesus already says there is a language that is spoken when we do the things of God and we do it in unity together. There's a language. You can't explain it, but there's a language that's done. I can see Jesus in you, and you can see Jesus in me. Just by being the head together, let me speak, let me work. You guys together will see Jesus, and that's what we need to do. So I'm going to go in today, and I'm going to bring you one more thing up about language. John 12, 27 through 29 says, Father, save me from this hour, but not for this purpose I came to this hour. It says, Father, glorify your name. Now, this is when Jesus speaks to his father. Now, here's what's said, and I want you guys to get this. This is the power of language. This is the power of knowing God where he is and, and the trueness of God. It says, then a voice came from heaven. And this is the Father speaking. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So the crowd, meaning all the people around, they said, who stood by and heard it were saying that it sounded like thunder. Was that thunder? And others would say, no, that was an angel that spoke to him. And it was God the Father that spoke. Do you see where people are in life? They said, no, no. God will speak to a beat, a group of people. And all of a sudden, one person says, well, that sounds like thunder. Did they hear God's voice? And then another says, oh, that's, that's just an angel. That's an angel that's speaking. Is that the Father's voice? See, you, it's where you are in Christ Jesus. How have God revealed himself in you that you'll be able to speak a language that's far beyond our own cap are capable of comprehending? And so what we need to know is when God speaks, it's not like an angel. And it's not like thunder. It's God's spoken word over us. And so we got to get to that place where we understand that language and what he's actually saying. John 14 says this. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. Now, what he's saying is this. All the times I've been doing these things, he's talking to his disciples, you can't understand, like Philip, I can, you, you can't understand that if you look at me, you look at the Father. If you see me doing these things, you see what the Father is doing. They just couldn't comprehend that. It couldn't, they couldn't get it in their minds. He says, well, if you can't believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, then just look what I've done. Look what I've done. See the works that have been done, and you will see that God is in me. Now, this can be confusing to some. I don't know. Are everybody okay with this, where we are here so far? 
Is anybody not, not clear what, what we're speaking here? Is anybody confused? I want to make sure that we're together on this today. John 14 goes on. It says, truly, truly, I say to you. And this is, this is Jesus. And I don't know about you. When he says truly, truly, or verily, verily, in some translations, we better listen. He says, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do. Not all about you. What, how kind of, what kind of works did Jesus do? Tell me. Did he not heal somebody? Did he not raise the dead? Lazarus and young girl? Did he not do that? What else did he do? Did he not cast out demons? And I don't know about you. That's kind of freaky when we talk about that in church. Okay, cast out demons. Did Jesus do that? Did not one man fall at Jesus' feet with 2,000 demons? What happened then? Did he not find Jesus? Absolutely. 2,000 demons had to leave. Where they go? And the pigs, and they went off the cliff. All these miracles, magnificent things, those works, he says, if you don't know that I'm in the Father, then can't you see that the Father is the only one? God is the only one who can do these things. Then you have to trust, as, as I'm doing, Father is in me. And it makes it pretty clear. Now, what would happen? Some people believe that the miracles of Christ were just for the apostles, that all the gifts that God would give the church today were just for the apostles of those times. Would that mean that Jesus loved those people at that time more because they needed the gifts of God than today? That, does that sound like God? That he would say, no, wait a second. These are only for this time. These gifts are only for the today because it's for my apostles that have been with me. All the rest of you people, when they're dead, you're on your own. No more gifts. You're just going to try to do this thing. How would that sound, Aaron? Wouldn't that be all right? Try to do God's work just on yourself, on your, on your own behalf and your own strength? Oh, can you imagine? But it's not that way. So not only did God loves us so much that he put the spirit of God in us, that spirit that's in us is going to enable us to do things as Christ has done them. Now that can freak you out. What does that mean? You're going to go to the next funeral and, and cast someone out of the funeral casket, say it's not your time? I mean, what does that mean for us today? And most of the time, because we don't understand it, we'll take the back seat. We say, well, I just don't understand it enough. You'll never understand it enough. Uh, tell me what the verse means to you. And when Jesus says, truly, truly, or verily, verily, he says, I say to you, it says, he, the church, who believes in me, who believes in Christ Jesus today? Let me see your hands. Those ones says, I know Jesus is real. I know it. Okay, you're believers. So it says, the works that I do. Now, how many people know the works of Jesus? We just said some of them. Miracles after miracles. Now, does anybody see anything different in this? I mean, is it not for the day's church? And, and it says here, he will do also greater works. Now, the works was added in so the people would understand it. But the actually word works isn't in that sentence there. And greater than these, he will do because I go to the Father. Uh, now, I don't know about you. I have trouble. Does anybody else have trouble with this? Seriously, let me see the hands. You might have a little trouble with this passage. Just, just me and you, Judy. It's okay. It's all right. Sorry. <laughs> we'll be able to cry on each other's shoulder because we just don't understand. Seriously. Okay, let me, uh, let me ask you. When's the last time you did a greater work for Jesus? Let me see the hands of those who just did one yesterday. How about the day before? Greater works than Jesus. The day before. The day before. Last week. Last year. You see a problem? There, there it lies. Why do we not believe his word? Why do I stumble with that? You see, 
like, well, okay, Jim, next time you see someone that needs prayer, you go to them and you pray, and, and you hope. Here's where we go. We hope for the miracle. We hope that the person feels better. Is that belief? Does that sound like this? You see, why is the word say this and the church does this? And some people have said, that's just for that day. That's just for those days. You know, that's for the disciples, those are for the apostles. That's, and that's why we don't see these. Is that true? How many people have heard a miracle across seas? I know we just witnessed one. Did we not see a man just play the drums here today? That just, just two weeks ago was in a seizure right over here. And the, and, and the doctor actually said this. If he goes seizes one more time, he'll fry his brain. And do we not just, you see, if we are not careful, we are going to convince ourselves that that is not for us. And you know what we do? Here's the, here's the convenience of ignorance. Let me just call it that. I can stand here and say, well, I just don't understand. So you can take passages in the Bible and you can just say, I just don't understand. So I'm okay. Does that sound good? Should we do that as a church body? Should we just say, you know, we just don't understand God, so... We're going to take the back seat on that. So the greater works, why did Jesus do greater works? Let me ask you that. Why would Jesus, the son of God, come as a baby? And we know the end of the story is what? So that he would die on the cross, that we would be forgiven of sin. Is that not his mission? So his mission was to come, and then he would die on the cross, and then from that cross, he would bring forgiveness. Isn't it awesome we're forgiven, first of all? Thank you, Jesus. And then he would go to a whooping post, and they would slash him open for our, our healing today. That was done. Jesus did that. And then he would say on the cross that uh, it is what finished. All that I came to do has been accomplished. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. So we know that Jesus came. Why did he do greater works? You tell me. Why did Jesus have to do greater works? Why did he have to, well, I should say works of the Father? Tell me, why did Jesus have to do the works of the Father? So what? For people to believe. So that when he went to the cross, he would have five, he have 12, one, one to betray him, and then another one added, right? He would have apostles to do what? To carry on the mission of the Father, right? So that the works of the devil would be destroyed. So he has a mission for the church. What is the mission of the church? To bring others to what? To belief. To salvation, that all would come. His, his whole mission is that the whole world would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Everybody believe of that? That the mission of God, the overall de destiny of what God wants for this, for this earth is that all would come to, to repentance and to believe Jesus Christ. Everybody okay with that? So what is the works for? Jesus did the works so his disciples and those who would follow him would have faith that it is the Son of God. And Jesus even said, if you can't take my word for it, then look at what? So what were the works for? To prove that the Father was in the Son. That was the deal. So, so when Jesus leaves, so it's over, right? So now we don't have to prove anybody. We don't have to do anything. It's because now it's proven Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and all the works that he did is all accomplished to know that Jesus was really Jesus. He went to a cross, and now he's died for you and me. Now, no more miracles need to be done. It's all been done. All the works of the Father is done through Christ Jesus. No more, no more needed. Except we know in the book of Acts that he did carry it on through the, the apostles, right? Isn't it amazing? Peter would walk down, 
And what, what would happen in a shadow? Tell me. What would happen in the shadow of Peter as he walked in the sidewalk? What would happen? People would rush to take the sick and put them on the sidewalk so when Peter walked by, they were healed. Isn't that amazing? It's like the woman reaching for Jesus' cloak, and just to touch it, he, she would become well. Just to touch the garment. And they would say, as the shadow of Peter would walk by, people would be healed. It also said that handkerchiefs of Paul would be laid on dead bodies or on sick people, and they would be made well. Handkerchiefs that he held. See the power? So that would all not be used today. Isn't it good that some people believe that that is not for us today? Do you believe that's for us today, or is that for, for that time? Why would it need be done today? Why would he say this to us? Why would he have to tell his, his disciples that you would do greater works? Why would that just not be for them? That would mean that the character of God means this. He loves the people of that time where Jesus walked and all his disciples, and that will be all. The rest of you are on your own. Wouldn't it be great, Mike, that you would be strictly on your own now, that the gifts of God done through his son Jesus would only be for the apostles but not for you? So your belief would do nothing, except you can be saved. That's it. Just for you. Think about the church for a moment. How small would it become? It's just for you. Just for you. That's it. Don't, don't worry about anybody else. Don't even worry about your wife. Just you. It, that's how selfish it would become if it wasn't for greater works. Those are for others. So the love of God compels us to do the works of the Father. So it did not die. It did not go away. The greater works are for us. Does that make sense? So why do we have so much trouble with this one? Why is the words here of Jesus do we struggle on? This is where we have to get into. This is the reason why we're doing this series. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say it right now. Jesus, forgive us. Have mercy upon us. That your works that you've given us we have not understood. We read your word and see what Jesus has done. Magnificent. People believed on him. And they believed on the apostles. And thousands, if not millions, came to know Jesus through that. That is amazing to me. But Lord, forgive us that we have not understood. That we believe, God, that your gifts are still given us today because of this passage right here. And we ask that you would do this in this time with us, that you would teach us if someone is sick in amongst us, we would go. If someone tormented, we would go. And we would do your work. In Jesus' name, amen. I pray during this season that we would study God's word and we would ask the difficult questions. Why, Lord, have we not seen? Why? Not that we have to see the Father. Why have I not, why have I not stepped out with bravery and done the things that you've asked me to do? We ask this in Jesus' name. Let's do this thing. Okay, let's go on. Works. Whenever you ask in my name, that I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you know this? <laughs> oh, I love this. That means if you ask in the name of Jesus... Do you know, it says in the word of God, when he establishes to his disciples and his now apostles sent out, he says, do it in my name. Do it in mine. I go to the Father. When you say in my name, you represent me. I go to the Father. I sit beside him. You will do greater works because I sit 
at the Father's seat, see, and I will intercede for you. To me, that is amazing that whatever you ask, whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So guess what? If you do the works of the Father, if you step out and do the works of the Father, who gets glorified? That's why it continues. It's amazing to me that we can glorify. It says, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So why not? To me, this is an open door. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Okay, so what does that mean? Anybody ever asked before and, and it just didn't seem to happen? Come on. There is somebody been here. You've asked before and it hasn't happened. So what does that do to you? What, what is this right here? It's kind of like, Jesus, I don't quite get it. I have asked in your... How many people have prayed and asked in his name and you haven't seen it? So what do we do with that? So the question is, is what, is what you're asking... We, we do this. God, if what I'm asking is of the will of the Father, Right? If it's your will, Father, then, then, then I'm, I'm partnering with you. Who knows the will of the Father? Who would know the will of the Father? The Son and Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit knows the will of the Father and knows instantly what you need to do. Isn't that cool? Isn't that good that you have a counselor? To me, that's an excellent thing. I say yes to Jesus. He gives me a gift that leads me into all truth. I know about you. That's a really cool thing to have. That means I don't have to worry about, well, is that the right thing? Or is, what do I have to learn to do? Listen, my main issue is this, is I, 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 I know there's a need. And, and so I'd be like, well, should I pray? Should I not pray? Okay, is the spirit saying this? Is it the father's will? You see all the questions I can ask myself? Before you know it, the opportunity has gone by. Because I sit there and I just contemplate. Anybody else do that? I contemplate. Like, is this the right time? Is, could this be, could this be um, not, not, not the will of the Father? Who am I not listening to? Holy Spirit, right? They're one. He, and where does he reside? So where's the real issue? What's the real issue with my unanswered prayer? Where's the issue? And so what do we do, normally do? We blame it on the will of the Father. It must not be the Father's will. That means it's not my fault that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. It's his fault because he's not seeing you as what the need is here. Let me, let me convince God that you have a need. God, you see the need? <laughs> you see how stupid that is? <laughs> I, can I use the word stupid on that one? I can't. Okay. You see how uh, immature that is? Okay. There he is. All right. I can I'm use the immature word. I'm not allowed to use the stupid word. He's not allowed to use the stupid word. I always say this. Stupid is what stupid does. Who's heard that before? Okay. But anyway, that wouldn't be right, would it? Would that not be an immature way of looking at things? So my real issue is this. Father, through your Holy Spirit that you've given me, it's leading me all truth. I know the truth of this situation because the Spirit's in me. Now I've got to learn to listen to it. The real question is, am I hearing the Holy Spirit? Am I walking in truth or did I miss something? So even if I see a person in need, I can go to that person and I can pray. I can pray for what I want and not what the Spirit wants. Does that make sense? So when I go to someone, what should I be asking myself? 
What should I, if I'm going to go and pray for Jenna because I see a need, what should I be asking? Oh, I see a need on her, so I'm going to pray for the need. Isn't that what we, isn't that what we go to, really? Isn't that the go-to? And then we pray, and then all of a sudden we don't see the need being met. We're like, well, um, you know, just, you know, let me know tomorrow how you feel. Right. Maybe when you walk out of here is when, you're, when you'll feel much better. And then we, what do we do? Make excuses up. Because we don't see. Am I the only one here that has this problem? So the question is this. If God says that there's works for me to do, and works, why do I need to do works? So that there's belief, there's faith, and that what? The, the Father is glorified in the Son because he's, the Son represents me. The Son intercedes for me. And when I pray for things and ask for things, then who gets glorified when I do the works? The Father does. So I want to glorify. Who wants to glorify the Father? Absolutely. I want to glorify God with my life. The question is, am I listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit? So I will pray according to what? His plan. His will. Who knows the will? The Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? In me. So what happens is we become uncomfortable. We become uneasy. We're not sure what to say. We're not sure how to pray. And, and what ends up happening is we go to a situation and we're just not there. And we represent, we try to represent Jesus in a situation where we haven't heard God speak in it. And we can actually do the work of an enemy rather than the work of God. Now, what people say, no, you can't do that. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone to somebody and prayed for them and nothing's happened? You say, well, uh, maybe not your time yet. Maybe God is doing something in your life. Maybe there's something in you. You see that? And the Holy Spirit's tapping your shoulder. No, it's not them. It's you. You don't learn to listen to me. So the cool question is, and I, I'm, I'm the first one to say this. That's why we're doing this. I want to know what the Holy Spirit is saying so that I can do the works of the Father. And when I do the works of the Father, the Father's glorified. Who wants to glorify God? you see the, pro the, the progression of this? If you want to glorify God, you are called to do the works of the Father. Now, what does that look like? Only he knows in your life. Only he will know. And he will guide you. So we have to get rid of all the silliness. The silliness is this. What do I do? Should I go to the person? Let me ask you a question. If there's a person in need, should you go? <laughs> it's pretty evident you should go, right? Just thinking of others first, right? I'm going to go, but as I go, I'm going, Lord, what should I do? Lord, is there something that I should say? Is there something, Lord, I, I know that this person's in need. Should you go to every person in a wheelchair? You, should you go to every person that's in a need right there? The Holy Spirit is speaking. Listen to me. Holy Spirit is speaking. He's asking you. It may not be the right time. What did the Holy Spirit do with Paul when he went on his mission trip? He went through Asia Minor. What happened? It said the Holy Spirit hindered him to preach the word of God. So you've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. What is it saying so that we can walk in it? Does that make sense? The question is we just need to get, we need to get, we've got we to be led. We've got to be led here. We don't want to miss anything. 
And I want to go into this real quick. In my name, I love this. In my name. I love the songs that says in my name. Name of Jesus. How many people love the songs in the name of Jesus? It's like fighting songs. I love them. I love them. I, love, I can do them every week. I, honey, I can, do the, I can do the name songs every week if you want to do that. The name songs. The name of Jesus. Every, every, all of them. All the time. I just love that person. It just gets me, it just gets me stored. Anybody with me on this? It's like the name of Jesus. I just, I just get all stirred up. I get real excited about that because there's something in the name. There's something. He says, well, if you ask something, what? In my name. If you agree upon one thing, in my name. In my name. If you're in the name of Jesus. If there's one thing you need to learn is this. When you're in trouble, say the name. If you don't know what else to do, say the name. I've seen demons shudder in people. Literally. People think I'm weird. No. I've seen the name of Jesus and the person goes, eh, eh, eh. So, if you just want to freak people out, no, I'm just kidding. But in the name of Jesus, in the name, and I love this. What does it say, Mark 16? These signs will accompany those who have believed. Oh, these signs, these things, these works will accompany. These things, these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. That sounds kind of stretchy. They will speak to, in new tongues. That sounds out there. They will pick up serpents. I don't know about you. When's the last time you picked up a serpent? Wouldn't be anything I would do. And I've heard of that whole thing going on, and that's not Jesus, okay? Anybody's picking up snakes and going, hey, that's not, that's not a Jesus thing. That's just weird. I wouldn't do it that way. And if they drink any dead, deadly poison, who wants it? I'll pass around Kool-Aid. Remember that story? I'll pass Kool-Aid around as poison, and we'll see if we can take a trip to something up in the sky, okay? It's a, this is, see, this is kind of weird. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they what? To me, it's like, are you kidding me? So those signs, who, okay, let me ask a question again. Who's a believer in here? The believer, if you're just starting on your journey, it's okay. You don't need to have to raise your hand yet. If you're a believer today, that means you're part of this. If those who believe, well, there's signs that will accompany it. That means as you believe, as you believe in Christ Jesus and his word, there's signs that will follow. There's signs and wonders. There's works that God wants to do in the midst. You see, when you declare God's word, what does he want to do? You confirm it with his word by what? Demonstration of his word. That causes belief, doesn't it? So I have to just look through those things and think the ones I want. I want to cast out demons? Ah, it's a little, a little strange. Robert, that's a little strange. Speak in new tongues? You know, that, I'm not sure if I fully understand that. Do you understand that? Okay. Anybody else understand that fully? I've studied a lot, speaking in tongues. And it says, then it will pick up serpents. Anybody here want to pick up? I'll bring one in next week. Shannon, you're just strange, okay? I saw your hand go up. Serpents, deadly serpents. And, and then, okay, if that's not enough, I'll hand out some Kool-Aid that's laced with poison. And we'll just, and then we know God's word says, don't test him. Like Jesus would say in the wilderness. The problem is this. It says we have this kind of power, and yet we don't understand it. The problem is, it says, the Bible says you can do greater works. There is power I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you an example of power. See, Paul can be bitten on the hand by a snake and shake it off and continue his mission. Why? Because there's power. We don't understand the power. We don't understand what we get. The problem is, is I don't know how to do it. If you understood the power you had, then what you would walk into, you would not be afraid. See, the greater works, it's not about the greater works, but when I walk into something, there's a power that's with me. It's Holy Spirit power, and something's going to happen. Why? Because the Word says so, not me. So we have to get away from me. The me gets in trouble. The me overanalyzes. The me has to know why. And, and that's, is that a deadly snake? I don't like that. That's deadly poison. I don't like that. 
That's a demon? Oh, that's freaky. You see, I've got to get over me. If we want to see greater works of God, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to enter in something new. And I'm telling you something. If you walk away from the greater works of God, you will not glorify the Father. It's not about you. Who wants to glorify the Father again? Do you see the regression here? You can't glorify him. This word says you'll glorify him in these words. There may be other ways you can glorify him. You come to know Jesus, that glorifies the Father. But in this case here, if you don't do the greater works, we miss out in glorifying the Father. 